0: That's superb, 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 superb,
1: superb, 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 g dot e dot e dot k g dot e dot e dot k g dot e dot e dot k hello
2: and welcome to this week's edition of the g dot e dot e dot k podcast episode 84 the egx edition Ooh, that sounds fancy it it is yeah yeah we, we we had exciting stuff happening this week didn't we read what's the most exciting thing you did this week or the most exciting thing that happened this week uh,
0: Probably watching Strictly Come Dancing last night. Wrong. Oh. Uh, X Factor? Wrong. I went to a walk down to Morrison's before, that was pretty exciting. Okay,
2: okay. Right,
0: still wrong. Right, okay. What was my most exciting thing that happened this week? Yours, I don't care about yours. Oh, right,
2: okay. But mine.
0: What was your most exciting
2: thing? Just completely out of the blue a new Crying Pop song got released.
0: Ah. Yeah and way got announced as the yes way way and
2: Cho are making a subunit but um I, I do want to briefly talk about this new song if that's all right go
3: on get away with <laughs> okay. while we've got the...
2: it is literally getting out of the way before we get into games 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 and more games um the like they a lot of korean songs will have a korean title and, a, and an english title right, right. Um, and the Korean title will translate into something, but the English title won't necessarily be the same translation. Right. Okay? This is one of those such songs. Okay? The, the English title is Come On, Come On. Because the, the chorus goes, Come On, Come On, Come On, Come On, Tell Me Tonight, or something like that. Um, or something right? like that. Something you like listen that. listen
0: to it a million <laughs> times already. Um,
2: however, the However, um, I want to see if you can work out what the Korean title is. Just from uh, listening to the intro, okay? Okay. Here we go.
1: I want your
4: love.
2: I want your love. So what do you think the title is? Probably I want your love. No, wrong. Can you not tell? It was heavily featured in the intro. No. No? You The title is.
0: Oh, right, okay. I thought I genuinely missed something.
2: Right. So that's why it sounds all cheesy, because it's a soundtrack from, from High School Love On. High School Love On, yeah. That's um, that Which is a TV weird. show that Shoah um, guested on. She she played the girl that... um oh, What the heck did she say? I, I, I dun, need to remember dun, what I... No, dun, she didn't dun. say that, unfortunately. She had a quite a, a quite um quite memorable quote that I can't remember, so it wasn't that memorable. A uh,
0: very memorable mm. quote,
2: which is something, yeah. something, something. It's called some guy a jerk or something like that. And, uh, yeah, anyway, it's become a, a, a meme on the Crayon Pop Reddit. Right. Okay. But anyway, done. I promise, that's it. No more Crayon Pop. Till next week. Thank you. Okay. Okay, so should we just get straight into it? it depends. It depends if you've got anything else interesting to say. Because there's some people who don't care about games, and those people will switch off roundabout now. So okay. this is well, our last chance I to give them at least... I got
0: kicked out of Lloyd's Bar on, um, on That sounds Friday, exciting. On Friday Let's night. Let's go with that. Uh, because I was dancing like Hitler. <laughs>
2: Okay. <laughs> I'm not sure whether I want more clarification, if I'm honest. I think that might I don't be good it, enough. I
0: don't think it needs any.
2: Was it, did you just happen, were you just dancing and someone happened to notice, hang about, that looks like Hitler's dancing? Basically. Or were you intentionally?
0: We, <laughs> we were getting really drunk. It was a work night out. Um, yep. So it was my dad's birthday. So we went round to see him first okay. and met everyone else later on once they've had the meal. Um, so I turned up and apparently I had a lot of catching up to do. Right. Um, so we started doing hand grenades. They're called where it's like a Jaeger bomb. Right. But you get a shot of tequila as well. Okay. So so you put them both in at the top of the glass, and then you take the tequila out, neck the tequila as the Jaeger bomb drops as into the red ball and then you, okay. you neck that. and That's called the hand grenade. That sounds um, grim. So I was doing that along with the shot of sambuca. Um, so I'd done like a few of them to catch up, and then just started hitting the sailor Jerry and rum and coke, and just got very, very drunk. Um, and one of the women I work with got told that when she was younger um, the way that she had her fringe or something, she looked like Hitler um, <laughs> I can't remember how this started, like, I'm sure that's how that started off, um, so then she started doing like a little mini march dance that looked a little bit like a Hitler dance Um and then, "Time of Your Life" played. The that's the one from
2: Dirty Dancing hey, they do the the time of my life. and do that.
0: Yeah, yeah. So I was like, "Clear the floor!" And they like just shouting it out. And I was like, getting ready to run. <laughs> and then he just started frog at, at The lady, like, and then the guy, like the bouncer guy come over and he's like, "I've got my eye on you, mate. Don't you even dare do that!" I'm like, "All right then. <laughs> okay then." So he looked over. Two minutes later, and there I was, just like sort of Nazi march dancing. <laughs> Uh, with With the lady, um, oh there's someone else doing it, and he come over, yeah, it was her that I was taking the mick out of her for doing like looking like Hitler when she was a kid um and then yeah the the bouncer came back over again and was just like, right, okay, mate, swear to God, I turn around once more, and you're doing something idiotic or pathetic again, you're out, and I was like you can't kick me out for being pathetic. <laughs> that's just wrong. Maybe you're like, bringing down... The, I get the, the idiotic part, you know, if I'm like throwing range. bottles and stuff around, which I wasn't doing, by the way, but if I was doing that sort of stuff, that's idiotic. Dancing like a dick isn't isn't a reason to be kicked out just for being pathetic. Nope. So I was like, wow. Um, so then I just ended up dropping a lot, and that's why my top of my thighs are really <laughs> sore tonight. <laughs> 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 so so yeah so that was an insane thing. I genuinely don't remember how I got home again. It's just come, it just comes to like a theme of a work night out now, where I remember everything. It's standard up until the time I go to leave, and it's all it's just a, a blank thing. Um, I remember trying to sneak into the house, but as you're aware, our stair carpet's all ripped up. Yeah. Um, so it's quite creepy creaky, creaky. Um, and I was trying to walk up really drunk and nearly fallen over and. And like, put my hand, like feet, on the uh, on the nails and stuff, and screaming, and it was it was rather amusing. Oh, for you, for well, me, indeed.
2: Although that story is superb. Thank you, superb. <laughs> um, right. Shall we move on then? Moving on. All right. Where do we even start, Reg? Let's start at the beginning. It's always Let's a good take t- it away. Always Name a good thing. Simpson batholomew, Jay. That's Bart with an R in the capital B. Then Simplus S O N. That's me. I can go on. I know all the lyrics to do the Batman." In fact, no, that's, that's Deep, Deep Trouble. I know all the lyrics to Deep, Deep Trouble as well. Deep, deep Trouble. But anyway. Um, yeah, yeah, I got insulted on the train journey by some woman, some business woman thinking she's all that and a bag of potato chips. <laughs> yeah, she was We weird. We had to get up at about 5 a.m. Yep. To get to the train station, to get to London. I would, like, I'd driven about an hour because we, we decided to get a train from somewhere that's like an hour away because uh, it was cheaper. It's a well cheap again. It's much so. cheaper. It's amazing. Three-pound parking, and, th- and that's all you need, Reg. Um, so I, I had a little kip. I put my hood up, kind of pulled it down over my eyes. You've like, probably seen the so photo like on our Twitter. Possibly. Our Twitter, which is twitter.com forward slash g.e.e.k, um, which also then would have posted to our Facebook, which is facebook.com forward slash g.e.e.k. Um, kind of looked like uh, Emperor Palpatine. In Star Wars, in in that you know the hood is just then covering my eyes, um, and laid back and kind of dozed in and out of consciousness. And when I do that, I do tend to every now and again snore. I don't think mm. I was snoring for a long time, was I? It was just every now and again there'd be a noise, is yeah. It, yeah, it was That's just my weird, usual.
0: just weird, like segmented snoring. Yeah, it's it's very, very bizarre. And then there'll be nothing
2: for a bit, very <laughs> and then it'll carry on and it's silence. But um. I think it must have been when Reg tried to take a photo of me that she decided, oh I'll, oh, I'll join in with this little joke. And it was right when I woke up, so I heard every word she said. She goes, so you're always this fun on train journeys. I'm like, wow. <laughs> so I just kind of still lay there just listening. And then he started talking. And I can't remember what, but she said something else, so I answered. She went, oh, he's awake. I'm like, yeah.
0: <laughs> I'm awake and fuck you,
2: Yeah, well. I thought it's that. It's like what you should have done. In, in have politer him. words. Because I still don't swear even when I think, Reg.
0: That's interesting, that. I wonder if it, if have you ever just accidentally slipped out a swear. Oh, flipping heck. No. Don't know. Not
2: that I can think of. You
0: know, like when, like, say when, when you crashed your car, red if you, like, like last year or the year before, and that just happened, surely no, when, when you no, hit... No, because that, that I, like, word you, you didn't go, That word
2: you like no. oh fuck. That word is none of those words are on like the tip of my tongue. That's the problem. They're not in my vocabulary, so it just doesn't, you know. Just I just find happen. it weird because I remember when I was in school, a, like a friend of mine was was determined to get me to swear, and then one day he thought he'd be clever. He, he decided he he got get me to say phrases that had swear words in them, but kind of within words. So he'd, he'd go, someone, someone, say U.S. Navy frigate. So I said U.S. Navy frigate, and he was like, ah. and he'd say, um, say shiitake mushrooms. So I go shiitake mushrooms, <laughs> but that's about as close as I've ever got.
0: Although you don't mind spelling out swear words, no, in Scrabble. Uh, yeah, but that that got me a lot of points. He, a lot he, of points. He used the c word in Scrabble.
2: Yeah, a lot of points
0: on that. It was triple word score. <laughs> I couldn't believe it when I seen that. <laughs> That was just hilarious. After so many years of you never, ever coming close to a sweater. But <laughs> and then you just dropped the C-bomb. Yeah. It was legendary. Yeah, so anyway, <laughs> we were on the train, 5am in the morning. We managed to get to um, EGX, which is where when it opened, North which score. was nice.
2: Yeah. We um, got there for the start, and it was empty. It was awesome. It was very, very good. But we had um, an interview lined up straight away for like 11 o'clock. So yeah. we had about half an hour to have a bit of a mooch around, and then go and find this interview. We won't. We 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 have uh, We have about six interviews that we're going to drop into this podcast. We'll leave them till a bit later because um, you know, you might have already watched the YouTube videos, but these are slightly longer, uncut versions of the interviews. So we'll tag them on towards the end. Um, but um, to be fair, th- let's 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 explain what the exciting bit was though. Um, we got a world exclusive. Absolutely. What's a geek first, exclusive? A geek exclusive, our first actual proper official geek exclusive and not just one that we've said, yeah, it's a geek exclusive when it's not really. Um the the guys behind the Total War franchise were announcing their brand spanking new game at EGX at four PM. And we had an interview lined up with them at eleven AM, which turned out to be the first interview of the day for them. Um and, yeah, basically, we had to sign non-disclosure agreements.
0: <laughs> yeah, because we were the first person outside of their company to actually see... Yeah, the first members the, uh, of the press. The, ...any form of media uh, they had about it. Which was awesome. Unwound the poster, which was Total War Attila. Yeah, and we're like, oh, that's what it is. We'd have
2: sort of that, and he goes, yeah, yeah, but you're just going to have to sign this. Okay. Which they'd already showed us it at that point, so
0: I should have been at my phone going, Attila! Yeah. Hashtag Creative Assembly. Which but- the only downside about... Uh, my phone and stuff was because we've come from like a fair few hours away mm.
5: We hit not that, on a virgin drink.
0: Yeah, we hit that many bloody different mobiles posts that my signal's bouncing left right and centre and died by the time we made it to, to London so yeah. anything I wanted to be like oh look at this I, I couldn't no. I couldn't post anything couldn't tweet anything couldn't take pictures of anything because my phone was just dead
2: I kept the Instagram going it's alright Reg it was
0: yeah. fine but um, that was that was awesome um, Yeah. They were genuinely nice guys as well, um, but yeah, that was a, a full-on world, world, world exclusive, mm. <laughs> um,
2: <laughs> kind of. But not that we could talk about it, but yeah. just in our heads, it was exclusive, which it kind of was. But um, we'll 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 get to that interview later. Um, but other than that, go on. Right, let's just start off with your highlight of the show.
0: Right. See, I am very torn with the highlight. I wanted it to be the evil within. Hmm. Um. But it wasn't. Um, right. Now, The Evil Within is the game that I've been going on and on and on about for yes. a hell of a long time now on these pods. Um, it's the Resident Evil guys making a, a brand new IP. Um, and I was dead excited to play it. We you know, we went there. We, we got given boxes, which was like part of the game. So you'll understand when you see the YouTube <laughs> vid.
2: Um, yeah.
0: They've put a little trailer up here. You haven't already seen it. Definitely go watch it on our YouTube page. Um and I was, getting, I was getting so excited for this title. And then we walked in there. You had to watch the intro video. So we watched like, this little intro. And then I finally got my hands on it. I was like, oh, this looks beautiful. And then it crashed. Mine completely bugged out, crashed, would not do anything. I had to reset it all. And I was like, right, okay then. And you only get like a 10 minute game, mm-hmm. like little session of this. So I was like, oh, mine's just crashed. Can I, can I restart it? And like, oh, yeah, no worries, no worries. You get 10 minutes from here. And I was like, sound had to watch the whole intro thing again, press play, got into the mansion, I was like, ooh, this looks pretty decent now. Literally seen one of the bombs you could diffuse. Yeah. Went to diffuse it, glitched out again, just completely bugged out, crashed. Had to reset it, and I was like, I've got to reset this. And the guy went, oh, it looks like it might be a problem with the pod. Tell you what, uh, do you mind just getting out? And I was like, well, this was a wonderful experience of The Evil Within. <laughs> it was just completely... Well-
2: I got to useless. play it. I can give my opinion of it. Um, I didn't like it. What didn't you like about it? I don't know. It, it wasn't... I haven't played anywhere near as much Resident Evil or anything like that as you, but um, mine didn't bug out at all. It was just really, really clunky. Didn't play very well. I don't know whether it's just completely out of context, because it's like chapter nine of the game or something they yeah. throw you into. Um I think they were trying to really create a bit of scary atmosphere by positioning the camera like really, really close to the guy. So a third of the screen is taken up by by your character's, you know, head and shoulders, but you could barely see anything. And I don't know. I need I need that in a game. I don't. I I, I don't think it, it, that was necessary to be scary.
0: I think from from the the standpoint of someone who's like, cause I watched yeah. you play your game in the end since I couldn't actually play right, okay. Um so from that if you can picture Resident Evil 4 mm-hmm. I've heard set that. Yes. into the Resident Evil HD remake okay Okay. so the GameCube one which they're remaking now onto this this mm-hmm. generation it's like that so it's got the atmosphere of Resident Evil 1 but the gameplay style slightly of Resident Evil 4 from what I could slightly picture um, but they've kept the thing which they had in Resident Evil uh, the GameCube one where you had to set fire the zombies to make sure they stay down. Yeah, they kept that, didn't they? With the mm-hmm. evil, but then you had to That's burn right. bodies for it. Um, there seems to be some nice touches to it, but again, it's so disappointing the fact that it just let me down with that. Yeah, um, it's something that I suppose. I mean, I still grab it because I still really want to play it. Mm-hmm. but I'm just not, nowhere near as excited now as no. I was for it. Fair enough. Um, but again, we've got another nice little video to prove how scary that game is.
2: Oh yes, officially, like science proves it. Uh, I won't spoil it. Just go to our YouTube page in the next couple of days and you'll see it. But yeah, we use science. We did? Mm.
0: and It felt good for a change. We really
2: did. Reds did science. You never hear that phrase ever. No. Um, but uh, speaking of scary games, um, we played Alien Isolation again after we played it at Reds. And it's still awesome. It's just such it's a nice game. So much so that I that I genuinely think I may end up buying it when it comes out.
0: I never buy.
2: yes I never buy full games no. when they come out
0: but this was cool because this was a different class as a survivor mode yeah which um, is new yeah it's something they've tagged on um, which we do have an interview with the with the game designer which, which we won't go into also. too much detail about it because he explains a little bit more about it as well uh, which we'll place in in a bit um, but basically you're on time limit to try and complete the level mm-hmm. um, so you can't play the coward and hide every two seconds you have to basically try and get through um, if you got through, they asked for your time, give them your time, and then if it was good enough, you go up on their top 10 board. Yeah. And you win a t shirt. Uh, for the day. and you win a t shirt and an awesome limited edition comic uh, by Dark Horse, which, which we're got anyway, never going out to publish. Like, you you guys, you guys
2: are, 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 are nice to us, you're, you're a press, you can have them. Like, oh, yeah.
0: thanks. That was Nee. Nee, the community manager for Creative Assembly, is possibly one of the nicest people in the world. I absolutely love Nee. She was just brilliant she was so like just genuine from start to finish Aye. on both occasions we met her um, but she originally was going to do the interview with us because uh, the game designer went off uh, somewhere else to do like part of a presentation yeah. or something so she went right I'll tweet him but if he doesn't come up I'll, I'll do it for you I'm like oh brilliant so then she started doing it and then he turned up and she was like oh I really want to do this but fine we'll let him take over so Gary Napper come along and started doing the interview but as Dan was interviewing you'll see Gary Knapper just occasionally just glance away from dan and look towards the distance and as i was filming the interview there was one of the guys who works on the game and knee pretending to be aliens and <laughs> um, so they're doing like the creepy alien I walk and then this. open up the mouths and just basically pulling funny faces and trying to put gary off during the interview which is why you can see him smiling and laughing throughout the interview yeah. um it was just genuinely funny but uh dan didn't survive the demo no i did I survived with a cracking time. But I thought that he did such a ten. such
2: a bad time that he just didn't bother telling anyone. Yeah, was well, <laughs> until we went back later. And I was like, I mean, I did it. It was rubbish time. She was like, you did it? Yeah. What, what was your time? It was like six minutes or something. Oh, that'll count. We've only had nine people win today. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> like, so, oh, absolutely. really? Awesome T-shirt, um, <laughs> which was the robot from Alien. Yeah. Um, which is awesome. Uh, so I'm dead happy about yeah. that. Yeah. Um, in fact, we'll put the
2: interview in here, because that's only a nice little short one. And that's an interesting one. So... Listen and enjoy. I'm here with Gary Knapper, lead designer with Creative Assembly on Alien Isolation. Um, we played this game about six to nine months ago at rest um, one of the earlier versions, and was blown away by it. Um, we were really looking forward to trying it again, we've had another go, it gets even better. So what, what's changed since then though?
3: A hell of a lot's changed since then. Actually, uh, we've gone into incredible amount of detail on the alien behaviour. The kind of last few months have all been about balancing and tweaking and just getting all the little bits feeling right. The uh, Last few months as well, we've also produced this survivor mode we're showing today, which, which is incidentally action. I didn't survive. But you know. <laughs> very few people have, and it's been great to see because people haven't been walking out going, "Oh, it's too hard." They've been walking out going, it's incredibly hard and that's exactly what it needs to be. And that's a brilliant thing for developers to see, people just having such a good time with it. So, yeah, I mean, the idea is that you're against the clock, you can do things to help your score, but ultimately you just have to try and survive and get out of there. And people have really reacted well to it, and there's been people queuing up three or four times to come in, which is amazing considering the size of our lines. So,
2: (laughs) absolutely. Um... Just in- incidentally we, uh, we did a little experiment, um, I wanted to see how, uh, how scary it was going to be, so I did have a little heart rate monitor on, oh, right. made it all the way up to 99, I don't know, I don't know whether that's bad or not. I but don't
3: know, we may have to look at health warnings for the game, are Yeah.
2: I Possibly, mean, yeah, and and we helped you out with that, which is good. Um, now I've heard a little bit about DLC as well, um, quite exciting stuff as well about Sigourney Weaver.
5: Yes, that's
3: true. We are uh, through some incredible fluke and I think that a lot of the talent from the team is shown through in the game enough to convince them. But yeah, we uh, managed to get hold of the original cast for the game, including Sigourney Weaver. So it was just absolutely an amazing situation where we can just hear her voice in the game and be like, oh, wow. Well.
2: <laughs> yeah, and the, obviously the story is about her, her daughter searching yeah. for her, isn't it? So I guess that doesn't quite give away the ending but at least gives you a little a little lean of where it's heading.
3: I think it's a great thing because the game showed so much quality and potential and it was so much like the setting of the original film. Plus it features kind of, you know, Amanda Ripley as Ellen's daughter. It's just something that just all connected and came together so well that it convinced the guys to come aboard and yeah, it's just been astounding really.
2: So we're, we're heading for, is it October 20, When what's the, the release date? Uh, the 7th. 7th of 7th October, October all right, not, not far, <laughs> yeah of course, <laughs> of course. it's got to be an exciting time. Um, and we're looking at what, Xbox One, PS4? the PlayStation 4, PlayStation 3 and PC. Excellent. And when can we expect the DLC to be coming?
3: Uh, DLC should be over the next six months, I believe, but we've got several packs coming out because each of them is something you want to play again and again and try and beat your time and compete with your friends. So it's, yeah. no,
2: it's I guess the survival mode is something that can be constantly just evolving, can't it, really?
3: Hopefully, yes. <laughs>
2: okay, that's really good. Thanks very much for your time. It's great oh, to you. talk to you. Thanks a lot. Wasn't that a nice little interview, Reg?
0: No, he is, that was my, he...
2: my first uh, games interview.
0: It was, wasn't it? Yeah, it was mine. Yeah. Yeah. but he was a he was a genuine nice guy. Creative Assembly were just nice they they were fun. nice to us the whole day because it
2: was Creative Assembly. We did um, Attila as well, Total War. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Which lovely, lovely.
0: Um, but apart from that, we also did play some just really genuinely fun games. Um, some games like Fable Legends. Fable Legends was amazing. Um, apart from your bit. Well, I, I, it was it was good. It was just completely different. So,
2: Fable um. Legends basically is now you can play it solo, but it's basically kind of a, a designs a co-op game, four um, v one. You have one who, one person who's a villain, four people who are the heroes. Um, if you play it on your own or with two or three, you know, not enough people, you'll actually um, you, you'll have AI as, as your you kind of your partners. Um, so there was four people playing the heroes, and then one person playing the villain who was Reg. Um, <laughs> but it means it's a completely, completely different game. It's not Fable, uh, in a way. No, it's really not. Really the hero's bit played exactly like Fable, and it was really, really nice, really smooth. Um, they, 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 I think they perfected it going back to Fable 1 controls in Fable Anniversary, but adding in a bit of Fable 2, and that's what they seem to have taken for Legends, which is nice. Yeah.
0: So, basically, the villain I played, if you could picture years back, there was, well, Still now they do them now, but when I when I was a kid I used to have this board game called Heroes Quest. Yes. Um where you play like the dungeon master mm. um and you set up traps and you get everything ready for when the heroes come along. I was basically doing that. I had a load of traps set up, I could position the bad guys where I wanted them to. Um and it was done from like an RTS like a strategy game standpoint. So instead of yeah. th- like third person the way that Dan played at the like normal fable, I had like a top down isometric type of view. Um, with just the cursor, and I was going around selecting the people, um, putting minds and, and stuff doing like and... just trying to do all their moves. Um, which it's so confusing because there was so much to, to learn from that two, that, that two minute True, yeah uh, like, interval. We had, I had to play with it before you guys came in to my like my little quest. Um, that I set up, so I basically got in there, and the guy at the side of me was like, Right, this is how we're going to work it put this here, like, this is how you do this, this is how you do this, and then when he came in, he was like, oh, I forgot to tell you, press, like, the R trigger and, and Y now, and you'll do a special move. Oh, and then if you move over here... So, I think if you're playing at home, mm. it will be a lot better, because you'll start off with the learning curve, and you'll actually be able to understand how to do it, maybe, like, tutorials, etc. Where I played from, even though I absolutely annihilated you guys, um, completely smashed it, and won. Apparently everyone did, though. The villain won pretty apparently, much every yeah, game. Apparently, yeah, apparently the villain was... Not slightly OP, but it just turns out that the guys who are playing the, the heroes were rubbish for the day. Oh, okay. Um, I think that's what the issue was. Uh, but it again, that was a really fun game. Mm-hmm. Um, it was something completely different when you think it's going to be Fable. It just it genuinely isn't. Um, they've still got the same type of humour um, etc. inside of the game. Um, they're still keeping a few of the characters all, all similar in like your home locations etc. Um but yeah, it's a completely different style, style of game, but still mm. genuinely um, an awesome title. I get the feeling that what we
2: played was like a kind of, just one of the multiplayer levels, not just like a co-op level. Because I don't think there's any point where you will have four people playing the heroes and one person playing the villain, because you'll, you'll never get an ending, or one set of characters will never get an ending, do you know what I mean? Mm. I think that was just like a multiplayer arena. Um, so I'm interested to see how the two different games work together in the real game. Yeah, I think that that that'll be awesome. But um, we also spoke to Dave Ecklebury, who's the uh, he's basically the, the game director, at, creator, at, which is amazing. Like last year, we got to speak to Ted Timmons, um, who was head of Legend. Fable uh, Anniversary. This year, we got to speak to the the new guy, who's uh, head of Fable Legends, which is awesome.
0: And also an
2: equally dead nice guy. Yeah, yeah, he was American.
0: and I Mm. believe that we should just drop it in here so the peeps can have a listen to Yeah, why not. Enjoy. Hi, so I'm here with Dave from Lionhead Studios, just the creator of Fable Legends. Uh, Thank you very much for your time to begin with. What I wanted to know is obviously Fable is such a huge, massive British cultural game and you've sort of taken it, dissected it and turned it into something completely fresh and new. How challenging was that, taking it from such a, a
6: stable game and creating your own spin on it? Very challenging. I mean, uh, Fable, Fable's a beloved franchise, and it, and it's got its unique flavor to it. Um, it's got a decade of history, literally, and, and even more than that, if you count like the years that Fable was in development before the first Fable ever came out. Um, it's a fantastic franchise, and I'm honored and privileged to to add to it. Right? You know, to be honest, it, it's a big cooperative effort. You know, I, I I could not and wouldn't even dream of doing it alone. We've got a great staff of more than 100 people that are working on Fable Legends back in Guilford, Lionhead Studios, and many of them have been, you know, working for a long time on previous Fable titles. So when we came in and thought about what we wanted to do next with Fable, and I was really, you know, excited to join a franchise that I'd been a fan fan of, and then get to add a little bit of my own and, and take the great ideas from the team about what they wanted to do. Um, You know, when we thought about, you know, when we were kicking off Fable Legends two years ago, a little more than two years ago now, about what we wanted to do, It was a lot of it was keeping loyal to the core ideas of the previous Fable years, right? And that means, you know, having the option to be good or evil and having cool stories to tell and and adding something unique and different every title. Um, Whether that's a dog or ruling a kingdom or no matter what that was, um, every Fable has added something unique to the franchise and that's kind of what we wanted to do too. to, to, To add something new and to add some innovation and try new things. Okay, so for people who haven't seen Fable Legends before, can you just give us a sort of an outsider look going into what the new story is and how the game plays instead? Sure. Uh, the new Fable Legends brings you back to the world of Albion, this wonderful kind of magical fairy tale world, and we're going to bring you back several hundred years before the first Fable. Right, so that means that it's back to a time of magic and folklore and fairy tale where. Um, Helpless, idiotic, stupid villagers huddle inside their villages. That's what they always do in Fable games. They're kind of stupid and cowardly. Um, But that's the difference, right? You get to be the hero, the, the exception to that human rule of weakness. And you're the only ones, you know, heroes are the only people that are brave enough or foolish enough to to risk missing dinner in order to go out and into the dark woods and scary places. You know, the first fable really took inspiration from kind of dark fairy tales, Grimm's fairy tales, and those kinds of notions. And we went back to mine that idea, right? So the creatures that we've sometimes seen in our videos with these red hats, those are those are creatures out of actual Scottish folklore called red caps. And redcaps uh, dip their hats in the blood of their enemies. It's kind of macabre stuff, right? Creepy. A little creepy, and, and our spin on that to, to do something a little different is, In in folklore, if their hat's ever dried out, they die. So in our folklore, uh, these redcaps start nailing, putting nails in their own heads in order to make sure their hats would never run dry. That's a little kind of gross. But uh, that said, you know, that's part of Fable lore too, right? To have a little bit of body humor and a little bit of silliness and a little bit of scariness too, right? We want to mix all those options in so that when we tell a new story in Fable, it can be dramatic, it can be tragic, you know, losing your dog very tragic story, I know, I had to sacrifice a villager to just resurrect him, and poor villager. Um, but, or it can be just comic, right? Uh, all of those in between is what makes Fable unique, is that we have moments of levity, and then we can have moments of kind of seriousness, right? Um, and the mix of those is what makes Fable different and what it, makes it work.
0: Yeah. So I was going to say, I've had a quick go with the game before, um, I was team villain. Um, now, playing as a villain, it plays a little bit like an RTS, like a proper strategy game. Yep. So that completely took me aback from what I'm used to with Fable. Yeah. How difficult was the challenge of trying to create two
6: different game modes into the one game and make sure it still plays fluidly? It's a big challenge. It's, it's not unlike making two games, right? You know, in some sense, we have to make a fun game for the heroes, make a fun game for the villain, and then somehow, when both people are having fun, they're not hurting the fun of the other person, right? Both sides are out to win, but we've deliberately crafted it so that the villain has a certain number of points and creatures and this kind of thing. And the things that the villain does to win make fun things for the heroes to do, right? That's how the game is, is made to be balanced. Now, in the studio, right, if you really go back and Guilford's, you know, development history, you can look at some Bullfrog history, and you can look at things like Dungeon Keeper, and that's obviously, and even Black and White and Populous, some of those are in the DNA of the studio still, right? Some of the people who go back that far. So, the idea of playing an evil overlord, you know, that's kind of always what we wanted to do, right? And so, mixing that into our fable allows us to have a little bit of peanut butter and chocolate at the same time. So, it's been a lot of fun. Balancing wise, it's the worst nightmare of my life, right? And it's gonna be a nightmare as we go into beta and for months, many months to come, getting that right and continue to tweak it and make it better, that that's our job, right? So, I was gonna say, obviously, if you play, choose play as the villain, or if your
0: friend comes over and plays the villain where you're playing through the story mode campaign, if the villain wins,
6: how will that affect the campaign mode? Will will you just have to replay the quest, or will it alter the campaign? So the, the primary consequence, you know, you have to progress on one of the two sides. So just like any kind of game narrative, right? You can win on the side of the villain, or you can win on the side of the heroes to grow on and progress the next quest. Now, there are some exceptions to that. You get to take all the gold and loot and stuff you found. Even if you lost that quest, you may be coming home with a lot more power so that the next time you do that quest, you're likely to have a fine easier time with it, for one. And the other thing is, is that you can always play it with your friends. So if you've been playing Fable Legends a lot and you know I this is my first time playing it and you're off in Quest 14 or Quest 23 or whatever quest you're on, you can always join a friend. So much like watching a TV show, and if I'm watching, you know, uh I don't know, Star Trek or Buffy or whatever, and you're in the middle of the fourth season, the story won't make as much sense for me, but we'll give you a little bit of a cinematic intro, we'll tell you why you're there. Um, The meta plot won't make sense, but your objectives in the quest still will. So you can always play with your friends no matter where you are within the plot. That's superb. Now obviously
0: I've been playing Fable Anniversary recently, and that's had the smart glass sort of touch to it, where you can go through your inventory and have a look at the map, etc. This would be a prime candidate for smart glass for villain wise. Um, Have you got any sort of intentions of of using smart glass technology?
6: or are you just looking at keeping it console-based? No, we absolutely want to do Smart Glass. Um, it, it's such a cool opportunity for us, because um, you can, everyone, we pointed out ourselves and, and fans who played the game, it said, you know, I think you could play this villain game on a Smart Glass, right? So you can imagine, you know, drawing a quick circle around a creature and telling it to attack a specific hero or use a special ability. Now, that work is still in its infancy for us, and we have a lot of some technical challenges to solve, right? So I'm playing on my Smart Glass with you playing the, as a hero in the same room. We really have to make sure that that's a fun experience for both sides, that the latency is really low, that even on a tablet, which obviously has a little less horsepower than an Xbox, that you have a very responsive gameplay experience with very little latency so that when a hero walks into a trap, you can spring that trap in a reasonable amount of time. So our first obligation is to make the villain mode really fun and awesome here on the console using a controller. But eventually, yeah, that's something we're looking into, and we've started experimenting with in-house to put that villain gameplay right on your smart glass so I can go over to your house and beat you at your own place here on my tablet.
0: Superb, superb. Now, obviously, Fable is a a lot, because it's an RPG, you can place hours and hours and hours and hours into it. I must rack up 60 to 70 hours each sort of playthrough. Are we looking at the same type of hours,
6: considering it's a completely different style of game? Or is it going to be a bit more of a structured, guided-hand sort of game? It's most like Fable 1, where you know you're, you start in your hometown, you're you know, much like the Guild in Fable 1, and you have a series of quests unlocked, and more of them unlock over time. You choose what quest you want to go on, and then you can go off on that quest in single player with AI, or we can matchmaking you with someone, or you can play with your friends, all those options available to you. You'll go out with a specific objective for that quest, and then return back to Bright Lodge. Now there's a lot of hours of gameplay there. And then on top of that, every hero has a unique spin on their own story with these different voice actors and the different voiced characters. There's a really a very large multiplier that comes in with both how you can play and then who you play with changes the story as well. So depending on who you have on that quest, whether you're playing the villain or the hero, all of those are big kind of multipliers, right? Um, we have a big story that we want to tell in the first season. And then in the episodic nature that kind of we've talked about earlier, right when you finish the first story, that doesn't mean it's over. A few weeks later, we'll have a new story and a new quest. This episodic structure means that the game's never gonna be over. So, even after you complete the first meta plot, the first arc of stories that tie together, we're gonna start another one a month later, and then that will kick off and have quest one, quest two, quest three, quest four, etc. in this new story campaign that introduces a new arch-villain, starts introducing new hero characters that you can play, new creatures to fight against, we, have, we really have this big ambition to not just have a game that you play once for a month or so, but keep coming back to for years. That's phenomenal. So, all I
0: want to say was thank you so much for your time. I think, obviously, I might have bored you just enough. One more question I did want to ask. On the trailer, the cinematic trailer, there's four more heroes which just appeared the chickens. and know they are a fable stable, and they have to
6: be in there. Is that a hint that as part of the DLC then for Chapter 2 we may be able to go as chickens? Uh, well, I don't think it's the hint for the DLC. I think it's a hint for the release of the game, you know It wouldn't be fable if we didn't have some chickens and I we would I wouldn't have had my art team modeling them and building them And and doing it if we didn't want to include them very enough. Well, thank you very much for your time Dave been very much
0: appreciated. Thank you See what I mean though. He was oh, super. a super a, a genuinely nice yeah, guy. Just, I realize now ever since I've listened to those interviews back I say superb you do.
2: a hell of a lot. Right, I noticed it after the first interview. With the interview with um, with Creative Assembly about uh, Total War, you must have said it about maybe five or six times. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, you do say superb quite a lot. And then it turned out throughout the day you, t- you tried to say it less, but it still slipped
0: out. Yeah, I mean, um, later on when we throw in another interview. Yeah, uh, just if, have so a listen. Just so listen out. I... Literally end the um, one of the, the questions with, oh superb, 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 superb. yeah. I say it three times it's in the one thing. And just like, wow. I wonder uh,
2: if only there is some way we can know exactly how many times you said the word superb throughout the day, Reg. I'd, I'd be really interested to find out.
0: Have you really done this? Wow. That's superb, 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 superb. 13. Wasn't that many. Is that how many that times I said it in the interviews? Well, That's superb, 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 superb. <laughs> <laughs>
2: that was my afternoon, just cutting that together.
0: <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Worth it. But um yeah.
2: It's not quite like um to be fair, to be fair, to be fair.
0: That did go on for a while.
2: Yeah, as you all know by now.
0: Yeah, I stopped doing that now. We have, we've
2: made a conscious effort. It's, it's superb, the amount of effort you're putting in, Ridge. I'm really impressed. <laughs>
0: Cheers, buddy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so what we'll do now, instead of just going through more interviews, we'll tell you about the games that we didn't get any interviews for, but were just yep. genuinely awesome titles. Yep.
2: Let's, um, let's not spend too long on this, because it's going to be a long podcast otherwise, but um, Far Cry 4.
0: Far Cry 4, elephants.
2: Yep. Amazing. That's all that matters. You <laughs> it, get to ride an elephant and shoot people from the top of it.
0: Yeah, and use their trunks to like whack people out of the way. Yeah,
2: whack them exactly it was, it was very whack nice.
0: em like wacky. but yeah so if you like Far Cry 3 you'll love Far Cry 4 it <laughs> looks beautiful on the, on the next gen consoles Aye. so I was happy about that but it plays quite similar but yep. you get an elephant. okay Mortal Kombat 10 if you played Mortal Kombat 9 you really have played Mortal Kombat 10 just a shinier version of it it's shinier new moves few yep. new characters which we didn't get to see that many they, of they um, brought the, the reason, x-ray but... thing in and not 9 did they or 8 or yeah it was 9, nine. Um, so and nothing, these yeah. are more brutal. Yeah. Like the ones that we we were doing against each other were just really grim. Um, but it's definitely a, a title. If you play number nine, you really like number nine. Number ten is going to be a fantastic game. I'm Really looking forward to yep. playing it. Uh, Dragon Age Inquisition. This looked beautiful. Now Dragon Age one, great game. Two, not so good. They've learned the lesson and they've come back. Like I said, looks gorgeous. Plays fluid. Like the movement in it, the spells in it, everything just looks fantastic. Um, I can't wait to sink my teeth into it. I only literally had a quick, like, two minute go because I know I get drawn into it. Yeah. Uh, Hatsune Miku, Project Diva, part two. Tell me about it, Dan.
2: Uh, well. You played it. Yeah, I couldn't really play it because it's I mean, it, it's a music game. And I had the, the sound turned down, it was on like four. How was I supposed to play it? Like, I am good at rhythm games. It just seemed,
0: though, that everybody else managed to do it.
2: Because everyone else, everyone else's TV, I could hear all the people's music, but I couldn't hear my own music.
0: Right.
2: That's all I'm saying. That's all well, I'm saying. But I did get a Hatsune Miku lanyard, which I'm very happy about. Good, yep. good. Yeah, I'm going to put my uh, work keys on then. I'm going to take the, the Nokia lanyard off my work keys and put a Hatsune Miku one on. Yep. Um, but, but I'll get back to the games that you played, but um. Lego Batman 3. <laughs> there, was, there was no way this wasn't going to be ridiculously enjoyable as always, but um, I what I don't know is is Lego Batman Two like this in the same way that um, because compared to Marvel superheroes, um, you have all your different costumes that you have to change into mid level. So Bat- Lego Batman Two is the same. Yeah. Okay. Then there's nothing new. Then it's
0: well, it, you just you, you <laughs> just more characters. You go beyond, like you said, as you go because Lego Batman Two is based in sort of like the Gotham. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So this expands on that. Fair new Story mode, loads more characters. Yeah, but gameplay abilities. wise, not really. To be fair with you, there's never anything new with the Lego games that much that makes you go, "Ooh!" Mm. It always plays like a normal Lego title, which is not a bad thing. No. No. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. No. Uh, Sunset Overdrive. Ha <sighs> yes. Now we were whoring on about this. Well, I was a, a few a few pods back, um, saying that it plays basically plays like Jet Set Radio. First person, well, oh, third person shooting, Jet Set Radio, uh, where you're just grinding all over the place. Dead bright, dead colourful, uh, mm. completely insane, and that's what they've made it. It it plays like a dream. Yeah, really nice. I was just devastated. I never got any freebies. They had hats, sunglasses,
2: and cans of the uh, the energy drink. Yeah. I didn't get any of it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: but no, it was it was a great title. That's one definitely to look out for.
2: Yeah, um, Little Big Planet three. Yay! Yeah. Okay, didn't get to play it, but you did get um, a, a, a game artwork, the uh, the game cover with your face on it. I did indeed. <laughs> Which is possibly one of the best bit of, of marketing <laughs> I've
0: ever seen. Because yeah, that's that, a guaranteed that was, sale now. That, that's awesome. Like, I was showing it Ash, and she was like, oh, I want one. I was wow. like, oh, well, looks like we're <laughs> going to have to buy it now. And she went, yeah, is this some sort of hint that we're going to be getting a uh, PS4? I was like, maybe, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> but that... that Again, Little Big Planet Three looks fantastic. Yeah. It was there again um, on the yeah. show
2: floor, All the new characters, um, looks
0: n- superb. Nintendo stuff, yeah. Nintendo
2: was there again. We yeah. uh, we didn't spend as much time as we wanted. <laughs> if we'd Nintendo. have had two days, which we originally planned, we, we would have. have. We would have yeah. played everything there. But it's always the last thing we do, and then we never have time. And the one game we wanted to play, we were like, right, let's go and play Super Smash Brothers. They they either didn't have or we couldn't find it. I'm pretty sure they didn't have it. They just had it on the
0: stage because the there was a, a tournament going on. Yeah. Um, they had it on the 3DS. Yeah, but you know. It looked alright in the 3DS, but yeah. it's one of those games that you need the big screen for. You need the local multiplayer to be able to just sit around, mm-hmm. have a giggle, and have a, a laugh with it. Yeah. Um, and I just. I'd love to have the tried it on the, um, the,
2: the, the. With the GameCube pads as well. Yeah. you get the adapters, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. Well, lot would have been good. Yeah. Have been good. Um, and Call of Duty. have <sighs> no idea. I'm sure it was good we didn't play it. Didn't really care for it. Oh, no, that as well. Um, yeah, exactly. Right, uh, the other bunch of games that we did, we went to the Resd area and we played a bunch of indie games. Uh, a couple of Team 17 games again, who again are always, always lovely people. Yeah. Um, and also another one called Tango Fiesta. So Tango Fiesta um, was like an... Eighties action movie homage it plays like if i mean the, I guess the best way of describing it if you've played on a mobile um age of zombies or anything like that um it's very similar to that it's dual stick run around with your guns top down um like halo um spartan so yeah or like commando from from years back or oh yeah or, Mercs or, of War or something like that but Mercs, you, you know like the proper decent <laughs> um. Yes, um, so I've uh, listened to what the guy from Spilt Milk Studio had to say about that. Are we there with Andrew from Spilt Milk, the devs on uh, Tango Fiesta. Um, just had a quick look at it, it looks pretty good, but it looks a bit weird. What can you tell us about the game?
1: It is both good and weird, nice. I can guarantee it. Best description. <laughs> it's, a, it's a two-stick cooperative shooter, uh, it's set in the world of, sort of 80s action movies, um, they've they've all been based, uh, in our opinion, on a true story that all happened to one guy, and this is the the story behind the classic movies like Commando, Predator, Ghostbusters, etc. Um, it's online and offline four players. Um, it's sort of procedurally generated levels, so it's different every time. We got seven playable characters, about eight bosses, about I don't know twenty five odd enemies, bad guys, twenty odd guns, it's just, it's a love letter to the 80s, you know, guns, explosions and good times. Awesome,
2: seems to be a bit of a running theme at the minute, obviously Expendables probably is what brought all this stuff out, but we've got this, we've got um, Force. seems to be the, the, the standard thing, but it's, I'm looking forward to having a go of it in a second, um, it, it, I'm guessing it's full of, of kind of uh, spoofs, full of all the standard characters
1: absolutely yeah I think some of them are more obvious than others you know we've had a bit of fun some of the uh some of the playable characters they're obviously based on uh or inspired by certain uh stars but
2: uh please tell me Chuck Norris is in there
1: he's not yet he's not yet but you know the word yet is qualifying that statement uh I'd also like to
2: put the name Jack Bauer in there. Just throw that out. I think that's that's got to be in DLC coming down the line.
1: Well, like Jack Bauer in an Arnie short, like Arnie accent would be great. Jack Bauer. You know, it just, it works. It, it sounds.
2: <laughs> Jack Bauer works with any accent. Absolutely. And uh, uh, PC only, is it? Or are we going to come to consoles?
1: So it's PC and Mac on early access at the moment on Steam. And then, yes, uh, with any luck and uh, decent sales, we'll be, uh, we'll be coming to all the consoles as well. Awesome.
2: Awesome, thanks very much for your time. Cheers. Thank you. Cheers. That was me again, Reg. And yeah, I good? I I'm alright, are Yeah, bit. yeah. I was just way more interactive than you. You're just like question after question. I'm going to do them all from now on.
0: That's what you basically just did then, though. Yeah, okay.
2: But anyway. Um, wh- who did you speak to? The guys behind The Escapist?
0: Oh, I did indeed, Which so... is a
2: game that I really actually want to play. There's not that many PC games now that I go. I don't know I want this, but that's yeah. actually one of them.
0: escapist is really fun it's, yeah it's hard, but it's really fun um so yeah, so I spoke with chris um oh, the, for you remembering people's names the the actual the game designer the the owner of moldy two studios yeah um he created this title and Unfortunately, as you'll see from the video, he looks really scared of me. Uh, but he just he apologised afterwards, I'm just not very good at this, I like making the games. but I don't know what I, I'm talking but about. But I can't do this oh. This type of thing. But he just genuinely looks like he's trying to shy away from me yeah. throughout the whole the entire video. Maybe movie. you can
2: hear it in his voice. Have a listen.
0: Hi, so I'm here with Chris from Mouldy Tooth. Um, he is the director and the producer of The Escapist, um, which has been published by Team17, I believe.
5: Um, so if you could just tell me a little bit about the game for people who haven't actually seen it before. It's um in simple terms, it's a prison breakout sim. Um, obviously, involves more than just walking out the front door. You've got to uh, you've got a prison routine to follow. You've got to uh, keep the appearance of being a good inmate with the guards, but secretly sort of uh, collecting items, crafting things to cut your way out, uh, dig your way out. And You basically make making making tunnels, cutting through vents and. It's about escaping a prison basically and you've got to plan how you do it and then follow it through and pull it off. And is the, is the prison di- um, generated constantly all the time or is it going to be different prisons each time you, you log in? It's a, there's, um, there's six prisons planned for the the full game but uh, there's two in the moment in early access. But um, I mean people have spent 30 hours on, on one prison so it's <laughs> it's got quite a bit of replay factor in each prison. Yeah, I got
0: stuck, I tried to start digging my way out of the cell and then I put the dirt in the toilet yeah. and then it clogged up the toilet, started flooding it and then I got caught cool, and I thought oh my god, you literally have to think about every little minute detail about this game I mean obviously the supposed references you put towards it, like Great Escape Prison Bake, I mean what's your main influence towards the title itself?
5: Oh, it's going to sound strange but the game that it was actually inspired from was a uh an old game on the spectrum called uh, Back to School. Right. It was a it was a school-based game, but with like routines like my game has got. Um, I was originally going to make a game like that, but then I turned it into a prison, and then I started watching all the classic Prison Break films. <laughs> you know, Shawshank Redemption, Great, es- uh, Great Escape. You know, just to get ideas for it. And uh, I was
0: saying you've added a, a lot of the like, humour to it as well, so it's not an extremely serious game. It's one you have to really seriously sit down and think about but you don't take yourself too serious in the, the background as well. I mean, is that the whole idea? Did you want like a sort of comedy feel to it, or did the humour just come along
5: progressively? I, I mean, I guess it's just... Uh, I don't know, it's just cause I guess how I develop games. I, I mean, I know prison's quite a grim subject, and you can make it dead serious, the opposite, but I just kept it quite light-hearted sort of thing. It, and it appeals to all ages, that kind of thing does. Yeah, superb. So, initially, at the moment, it's available on Steam, um, you've got plans for the Xbox One, I believe. Is it PS4 as well, or is it just for the Xbox One? Um, it's just for now. It's Xbox One, but who, you know, who knows what happens in yeah. the future. <laughs> and do we have a rough idea of roughly when it may be available completely? Um, I think by the end of the year, then the PC One will be sort of wrapping up, and early next year the Xbox One. Yeah.
0: Um, Superb. Well, thanks very much for your time, Chris. It's been very much appreciated. I look forward to playing it. All the best.
2: Yeah, yeah, he definitely thought you were going to kill him, Reg.
0: Yeah, well, it's not my fault. He You've made gonna, an increasingly hard game for you. you are talking point. about
2: digging holes and, and like flooding toilets. He thought you were going to drown him or bury his body. Maybe that was it. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Um, yeah, I really do want to play that. I, th- it, it just, it was ev- like ever since um, um, we spoke to the guys at um, what's it, um, Bocus Studios about, Bossa Studios, sorry, about um, Surgeon Simulator last year, I was like. I wanna play this. And so I bought it. This is the same. Like, this looks awesome. I really want to actually play this. Looks like my kind of game. From a prisoner of war on the Xbox. Yeah. How bad was that? Very this looks ten times better.
3: The good there good you go.
2: <laughs> just saying. I remember that being such a good premise. They are like, this looks great, and getting it on, lo- on loan, and just like, no, it was awful. Um, and then the other one was overall, which was, um, we read interviewed Brian Blessed, and um, he was, uh, yeah, the game looks awesome. Looks like Super Smash Brothers mixed with, I don't
0: know what. Yeah, so this, again, is, like Dan was saying, a little bit like Super Smash in the way that it is just, it's all four um, people just on screen at once, 2D, type of game where you're just battering the crap out of them all. Um, it's humorous, doesn't take yourself too serious um, it looks like a proper indie indie title where they always go for like a very 8-bitty type mm-hmm. um, look um, but the characters are just insane in the game um, and basically the rules change every two minutes but don't listen to me talk about it Dan, let's listen to the La La Studios talk about it Okay Okay, so I'm here with AJ from Dalala Studios in relation to World's um, This is possibly the craziest beat-em-up I've seen in such a long time. Uh, for people who've not heard about this game before, can you just give them a slight premise about what the idea is for the game?
7: Yeah, sure thing. So, on the surface it's kind of your traditional beat-em-up. Two to four of you are sitting on a couch kicking the crap out of each other. Um, but the big difference is the rules are always changing. So, every 30 seconds the game objective changes. It might start off as fire tag, which is our game mode where one person's on fire, everyone else is getting points, and you punch someone to transfer the fire, just like in real life, um, and then 30 seconds later, it might change to a smash and grab, which is where coins spawn on a map, you collect the coins, punch them out of each other, and kind of the rules are always changing. You must have had so much fun with the ideas, because there's about 50 to 60 different cards, I believe, for the rules, yes, there's uh, There's kind of 30 base variants to the cards, seven game modes, and then it kind of, the combinations of cards flip the rules. Um, yeah, to be honest, it's kind of it's been a great process where we'll kind of go, oh, do you not know be really good, and then we'll try it out. And if it is really good, it sticks in the game. So, kind of, it's been
0: a lot of fun. Superb. Now, I was going to say, obviously, you've now got it on the Xbox One and PS4. Is it launching the same time as it's launching on Steam, or is it predominantly going to be coming on the PC first, and then Xbox and PS4 later date?
7: So, right now, we've got it running in Steam and early access. Kind of, we've done kind of a softish launch, just trying to get some people playing, get some community feedback. Um, the game plan is that we'll bring out the PS4, the Xbox One and the PC final versions all at the same time. Probably early next year just so we make sure we've tied down all the bugs and tied down all the problems.
0: Brilliant. And of course obviously you've got the local multiplayer. Uh, it's an online multiplayer as well which you can play online against other people. Yep, it's online as well, yep. Superb, superb. Right, so if you've not seen this before then, overall please I urge you guys to go out and buy this title. It looks phenomenal, it plays hilariously and it's always changing. Okay. Thank you for your time. Thank you very much. Now, do you get what I mean by the fact he actually sounds a bit like Brian Blessed? I don't know about the sound, but I did get the hand gestures. He, he was very, yeah, like, so handy. if you have a look on the YouTube video, uh, which we've got these interviews for, um, you'll actually be able to see some of the gameplay footage as well of the games slash shoe, because Dan's heads and skills are quite majestic nowadays. Boom. Um, but again, you'll see how his hands, he, he loves to exaggerate his his mm-hmm. speech with his massive hands. Um, and he was like, "Yes, you'd like this game. It's so crazy," and his hands are all crazy. Um, so, <laughs> but,
2: yeah. but as a game, it was also <laughs> but as pretty a game, fun. It was really fun game yeah. to play. Um, the other interview that we had lined up. Now we had such a really busy day that you know things slip our mind. Uh, Reg had organised uh, an interview with a guy who, who um, the, the developer of a game called uh, The Adventures of Bertram Fiddle. Which looks amazing,
0: just for the moustaches yes. alone.
2: Even, you can tell from the name, Bertram Fiddle, there's going to be some majestic mustaches Mm-hmm.
0: mm-hmm. So this is a, a point-and-click, old-school point-and-click adventure game. Um, Which is right up my alley, Reg. Very cartoony, and it looks hilarious. Um, and I'm gutted we never got a chance to, to do this, but I was interviewing... Um, e emailing. Sorry, emailing him. Um, the guy, Alexander Burke, um, it, the guy, that's, yeah, that's was gonna say it does sound like that. Uh, but yeah it's spelled slightly different, oh. big. Um about uh, email him about trying to set up this interview. Yeah. And he was a genuinely dead nice guy. Um, sound but then he come across, he's like, Yeah, that sounds good. Um I guess the easiest is if you could come to our booth around that time and we take it from there. Yeah. So he's like <laughs> It just for some reason I found it hilarious when we were doing. It was demo. the yah. It was the
2: yah. When you originally told me about it, it was like a yah. Like there was about twelve a's after it.
0: <laughs> yah. Ya. Oh yah. We were supposed to have an interview yah. And then um, again, another interview mm-hmm. I had lined up, but unfortunately we never got the chance to oh. do. Um, was with the the guys from Tiny Keep, um, which is like a, a new game and um, it's coming out. And it was a, a feed in who, who wanted to go on a date with me, Dan.
2: Oh, that's right. He did say he would set up a date.
0: Yeah. Because basically, um, I asked him if he could if he had time. And he was like, yes, please, come anytime. I'll be really happy to chat. Or we could just suggest a date and time yeah. for something a bit more official. Just face? briefly going
2: back to the yar ja thing, I, I just want to apologise sure. to German people. If um, there are any German people, <laughs> I want to apologise for that. But also, the fact you can't see our trailer... Um, the, the trailer for EGX has, has been banned in Germany. <laughs> what? <laughs> that is, sounds worse than it is. Is this because of Will Smith? Yes, because for some because reason, Will Smith I don't even know where reason. it came from, but for some reason, <laughs> the theme of the day, which you should have mentioned earlier, yeah, was, yeah. what do you want me to freak this? Yeah, yeah. you I told you about to freak this. Yeah, yeah. Sit back while well, I freaked this. Yeah, yeah. So, for some reason, that song got into our heads. So, I decided that should be the, uh, the soundtrack to the video. So, if you watch the video and go, why on earth they've got this really <laughs> cheesy Will <Wilson laughs> Smith <Earth> song? <laughs> That's why. That is yeah, the reason. Why. It's important. Originally, I, was, I, I had Mario Kart um, when, um, when you get a star power up music going. So, it's going to be all. But then I was like, nope. We're going with Big Willie
0: that has to be but,
2: um, but yeah because of that I, I don't know why I, same on some of my um, Florida videos on my own personal channel they're banned in Germany um, because of the, there's music on it like Germany must have really strong really, like severe um, copyright laws
0: maybe they're afraid <clears> that <throat> if Will Smith gets into Germany yeah. That's then, it, it's the end. Then, that's it. Yeah. It's not going to be too that, That's it's three
2: be... things we need to be apologising to, many... about. One, you dancing like Hitler. <laughs> Two, you going, ja, and three, that they can't watch the video. This is terrible. Um, it's not a good for, day to be German. But other than that, um, the, we won't bore you anymore on EGX. It was awesome. We've talked enough about it. We've got one last interview we're going to play, which is the Total War one. We'll leave that to play us out, and we're going to the theme tune, so we're going to geek out in a sec. But, um... Go. The best thing you can do is go onto our YouTube page if you want all this in a really nicely digestible visual extravaganza. Go and watch our videos. So YouTube.com/g.e.e.k. and the dots are T's, are uh, D.O.T.s. Remember. Um, so the interviews are up now. By the time this is up, hopefully I'll have um, our scare off. And um, probably the next day or so, I'll have our a new episode of Geek Out as well. So go and watch them. But um, here is the interview with the guys at um, Creative Assembly, um, Total War, Attila. But um, it's really interesting, even to the point where it make Reg could go, Do you know, I really want to play this.
0: Yeah, I was actually I was yeah. li- listening back to interview again. I was like, I really need to yeah. play this. I, you yeah, know what, yeah. I, I
2: forgot like how much of a massive um, franchise this this is Total War as well. Especially because we went to the developer session where they actually announced it. We thought this this would be nice. We'll we'll, we'll, we'll have a listen. Um, and they announced like this one little thing which sounds like nothing. But like, oh, and in this one, uh, family trees are back. And a guy in the audience went. Whoo! just started applauding and they were like yeah yeah we like that too and then a load of other people started applauding <laughs> and I've read online since like people going yes I'm so glad they brought back Family trees." and am like wow you've really got some rabid fans
0: yeah it's like a multi-million mm.
2: pound like, oh, I knew franchise. I knew it was big obviously it going for a while but George. I didn't realise it had that many people following yeah. but either way um, again really interesting interview I think um, but other than that have a listen to this me and Reg are going to geek out and we'll see you next week
0: Bye. Bye! Hi, so we're here with uh, with Creators' Assembly, the producers and the creators of the Total War series. Now you've got quite a busy sort of Eurogamer this year, you've just recently released the Emperor edition of Rome Total War 2, and you've also got something which we're not allowed to discuss a great deal of before. Um, so just starting off with the Emperor edition of Total War 2, the Rome version, uh, What's uh, what's new for the people who don't know about this just yet?
8: Yeah, uh, Emperor Edition is essentially the definitive version of uh, Rome 2. It's not just every free DLC that was released to uh, for Rome 2 before, but uh, it's a brand new campaign. It's set in the in the lost parts of the of the Roman uh, last time of uh, the Roman uh, Republic. So, it's uh, the second civil war where Mark Antony and Octavian are fighting for for the heritage of uh, Caesar. And this is uh, free free for every uh, room to users as well. And apart from that, uh, we did a a couple of uh, updates to, for example, to the building trees. So all the buildings are rebalanced. Uh, We made the balancings around uh, the units and uh, the combat systems. Uh, The combat system is a uh, a bit bit slower and uh, there's a higher uh, variation between uh, the units. And uh, the political uh, system is uh, completely uh, overthrown for and uh, tradition. And uh, yeah, these are, these are the highlights of uh, the Emperor Edition.
0: Superb, superb. OK, so just moving on then to what we really are here at Eurogamer to see. Um, you've got a new, a new game on display. We've been on the show floor already this morning and seen that it's completely shrouded in black tape. Yes. Uh, we see one of your guys just ninjuring into the actual booth with the uh, t-shirt on. So can we just get a sneaky glimpse of, of what the actual new game is?
4: Yeah, sure. Well, it's, um, it's this. It's, uh, it's Total War Tiller. So um, it, it takes place uh, about 400 years after the events of Rome. Um, yeah, four, right. 400 years after you finished Rome and
8: 700 years uh, compared to the beginning of Rome, so it's, it's right. uh,
1: That's
8: right. a completely new era. It's, uh, the Roman, uh, with Rome, we essentially were part of the, of the story how Rome developed into a, a big empire and with Attila you uh, you will be there uh, as this empire is essentially essentially, uh, crumbling and and falling and uh, gives place to the the Dark
4: Ages. It's basically at the dawn of the Dark Ages. Right. So it's, uh, you know, uh the empire has grown to, to, to a huge size, and you've got—it's a period of climate change. Um, you know, global cooling is occurring. There's migration. Uh, you know, all the all of the uh, um, you know barbarian tribes are knocking at the doors of, uh, of Rome. Right, walls are crumbling, and it's—it's it's basically it's a, it's a survival strategy. Uh, we're calling it the um, apocalyptic total war. <laughs> it's, it's, it's basically it's a case of uh, surviving and seeing how long you can. You can you yes, can,
8: or or if you're playing not as the Romans, then. It's the time to just crave, uh, carve out something from from Rome and uh, Rome. Yeah, and uh, set up your your own kingdom. Essentially, this is the birth of the, of the medieval Europe. So all the, all the factions you can play and uh, everything that's that's there is is, uh, is something that uh, will be found in Europe for the next. Uh, years so it's
0: quite important. Mm, superb, superb. Now obviously through playing through Rome Total War II, the amount of effort to detail you actually put into the games is so in-depth it's incredible. I mean like the facial features when you're actually in the combat you can see the horror of like the of your allies sort of being destroyed and you can just see the sheer terror on the people's faces. Now with that sort of effort of detail already in Total War II, uh, the Rome Total War II, what's gonna be different with Attilio? What have you what have you placed above that, have you sort of managed to increase this or I what's think, going to uh,
8: be new? As Pavel mentioned, uh, this is the apocalyptic total war, so one of our uh, core uh, features that is, is revolving around uh, destruction, and uh, we essentially show with uh, Attila a much greater a much uh, darker side of, of war uh, essentially, the war of attrition is, is really happening. Uh, one of our key features is uh, a dynamic fire and dynamic destruction on the on the up. so uh, you can see it uh, later, but uh, you can burn down whole cities and those cities uh, uh, essentially when they are burning it uh, it has an effect on the defenders morale and uh, mm-hmm. the damage is uh, persistent so then the settlement is destroyed during a battle, if you load out to the campaign. Uh, the settlement will be destroyed and if you go back to the next bottle, the settlement is destroyed. You have to rebuild it and you have to invest uh, a lot of uh, time and and effort and money to,
4: to be able to rebuild these settlements. And that level of detail as well is, is, is in the settlements that you see. I mean the, the, it's a it's a whole new period it's it's, it's, it's you know it's it is the dawn of the Dark Ages so, so the architecture is completely different. The level of detail we've gone into I think is far greater than, than ever before especially with the uh, you know with the look of the settlements, the, the, the kind of agriculture, the representation of agriculture on the battlefields as well. Um, and and that whole destruction kind of theme as well it's that there's a far greater um, level of detail in the, in the sieges. We have a new, um, a new feature called siege escalation, which basically, yeah, uh, when you when you besiege a, a settlement straight away on the on the campaign and fight the battle, the city is pretty pristine, the walls are wars are strong, and you're going to have a hard time. Kind of, yeah, that, know, that uh, was that was the same in uh, previous total wars. You yeah. went up to the
8: uh, to the settlement, you see the pristine wars, yeah. you started the battle, pristine wars, pristine settlement, you siege late siege for a couple of years, uh, pristine war, pristine settlement, but with yeah. this new feature. Uh, the siege escalation if you keep continuing sieging uh, then your troops while you are doing everything else on the company your troops uh, still sapping the walls and uh, maintaining siege so if you load into that bottle like a couple of uh, turns a couple of years later then you can see that uh, buildings are burning you can see uh, all the uh, auto attack uh, installations around the settlement. Uh, later on you can even see breaches on the wall. so your, your uh, assault can be easier if you lay siege for a long time. And meanwhile you can see the degradation of the settlement, so that uh, gives a, a new level of detail, and a new level of immersion that uh, you see that these sieges uh, or this war is actually happening. It's
4: not it's, it's nice.
0: Yeah. And what made you go with this time frame after playing around with the with the Roman, obviously the Shogun age?
4: Well, it's kind of you know it's it's very difficult not to go there. I mean, you've got you know the the the, the Rome two explores the, the glory of of Rome and and, and and you know that that amazing period. It'd be a shame not to not to kind of bring it to a close with you know with with, with the next chapter, you know, the, the, yeah, the medieval period. Yeah, this so is such a fitting,
8: It's, fitting it's not just a closing uh, yeah. chapter of the Roman book, the but It's yeah. the beginning of yeah. the Dark Ages, yeah. and uh, with this game, we are not just uh, focusing uh, on this like time frame, the end bit of uh, of the Roman Empire, but you you have a chance to go into some some years or, or even like with technologies. Go a bit more into the Dark Ages, so you are there uh, when the medieval Europe uh, uh, born. So it's quite.
0: Superb. I was going to say, one of the main things that your, your fan base absolutely adore is the mods. I mean, just recently I've been playing the Game of Thrones mods um, for, for Rome. Don't know if you've seen it at the Westeros yeah. Total War, which is phenomenal. And of course, you've got the Third Age one, which is the Lord of the Rings one. I mean, did you ever imagine that your fan base would actually be able to, to create such mods and just actually build upon what you've been working through for years and seeing how it's come around? Yeah, I think. Yeah. Uh, Mods
8: and, and modders are very important, an integral part of the Total War brand, because uh, if you think about they are they are around uh, for a very long time. Uh, Rome 1 is, is uh, still our most modded and uh, and uh, most loved game uh, in, in that respect. That they, they modded, they added a lot of extra content and uh, I think it's very important for us as a company to, to support them and uh, basically bring the mod to us and uh, just uh, open up this possibility to, to everyone to, to essentially add extra content and refine so we, we create a, a basis and, and they
4: can continue working on it and and, uh. and we're always surprised they're always surprising us with uh with the amazing ones that they produce as a community they're the really impressive
0: yeah. yeah i was gonna say it's really good i mean speaking of community as well i suppose moving on to multiplayer in your in your new game what's going to be new in the multiplayer have we got any sort of new game modes or have we got anything that that possibly may be slightly different variations from the Rome?
8: Uh, multiplayer-wise, the most important thing is uh, all the new features are, are supported in multiplayer. So it, uh, it opens a, a brand new strategy with, uh, with this whole uh, battlefield morale in the settlement bottle. So you can basically just uh, choose uh, to defeat your enemy with not uh, beating all the units, but just essentially destroying the settlement and then the defender unit thinks that there's nothing to defend here, so we are just routing off the, of the campaign map. Or the other b- bottle feature we have is uh, the barricades, so you can set up uh, preset barricades and put units on them, and uh, essentially play a kind of uh, uh, tower defense game within your settlement. So you can channel uh, enemy uh, intruders and and uh, play them with your settlement layout. So there are a lot of new
4: tools uh, came in with Attila and uh, the Arrow available in. Uh, in Another one worth mentioning, which will be a lot of fun in multiplayer campaign, is the uh, is the region destruction. You can actually uh, uh, when you can choose to destroy a settlement when you uh, just as before when you raise a settlement, but this yeah. time you can basically. Wipe it from the face of the campaign, so it becomes a completely ruined settlement, and the region wow. is completely so used yes, scorched. As well as, yeah, scorched, scorched earth tactic, basically. But but you know, real scorched earth, and, and at the same time, you can choose to abandon a settlement, um, which means you, you self-destroy it completely, pack up and leave, and leave a desolate, desolate region, uh, which uh, which yeah can can you know have a introduce a new dynamic to the multiplayer. Company.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say, that sounds really interesting. Really interesting how it's going to play through. And um, now you talk about obviously trying to blend in other game styles with with it so you got the tower defense sort of title as well you've in the past branched out and gone through to like the spartan total war that came through obviously with this coming into the sort of dark age now would you have any sort of inclination of jumping back into the likes of a third person market again once you've finished with this total war
8: we are always Always. exploring (laughs) uh, different possibilities and and thinking about the next titles uh,
0: and so yeah, I suppose obviously the one of the final things. As well, is is this going to be like desktop only, PC only, or are you going to be branching this out into into the maybe this like the next new uh, gen consoles? This is just a PC. A yeah. PC only. PC only. Yeah. Okay. And do we have any sort of rough idea of maybe a release date at all? Is this something you're not going to be bringing uh, to your gamer? 2015. 2015? Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you very much for your time today. Been very much thank appreciated. You. Thank, you. thank you very much.
6: Cheers. Cheers.